Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast about living an awake, aware, conscious life. If it helps to evolve us as individuals, we will likely cover it at some point on this podcast. Because after all, we are always evolving and in all ways. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. Is travel sustainable? During the last several months, I saw a lot of travel shaming going on in some of the travel groups I belong to online. The complaint was, with COVID raging out of control in the United States, should we even be going anywhere? Now, thanks to the widespread vaccine rollout, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Already, many of my fellow travel advisors are seeing the travel industry explode with people chomping at the bit to get back out into the world. But there's still another very important factor to consider here, which is the negative global impact travel has on the environment. According to Sustainable Travel International, Tourism is responsible for roughly 8% of the world's carbon emissions, making it a pretty significant contributor to climate change. One of the blessings that has come out of the widespread lockdowns, and therefore the reduction in travel as a result of this pandemic, is the positive impact it has had on the environment. According to the U.S. Library of National Medicine, air and water quality has improved in many parts of the world. You may even have seen headlines like Venice Canals Clearer After Lockdown, with pictures of clear blue waters teeming with fish as the traffic of tourism disappeared. There is a carbon footprint of tourism that cannot be denied. Clearly, Mother Nature needed a break from all of us. But does this mean we should stop traveling? While it's easy to judge the effects of travel on the climate, one thing the coronavirus pandemic has also helped illustrate is just how dependent the world is on tourism. Businesses around the world, from small mom-and-pop operations to big corporations that employ tens of thousands of people, have been hit hard. According to the World Travel and Tourism Council, the travel industry is expected to see a total loss of upwards of 75 million jobs and $2.1 trillion in revenue. America's travel industry is among the hardest hit. President and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, Roger Dow, says that the impact on travel is six or seven times greater than the 9-11 attacks. All of this means many are struggling to put food on the table for their families. Clearly, this isn't a cut-and-dry issue with a simple answer. So do we give up travel altogether, 
Or is there a way to travel smarter, more responsibly and sustainably so that the benefits of travel outweigh the costs? A world without travel. Let's play this out. Imagine a world where nobody traveled, where nobody left their home country or even their home state. In this scenario, all of our learning about other people, places, and cultures took place only in books, Google searches, and online classes. Imagine how two-dimensional that would be and how compartmentalized we could potentially become. It would be easy for our perspectives to narrow, for us to start seeing our way as the only way, the right way, and the rest of the world as the alien other. It's not much of a stretch to imagine an us versus them mentality cementing itself in our minds. Some would argue that there is already evidence of this isolationism in our politics. As Mark Twain said, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. According to William Chalmers, author of America's Vacation Deficit Disorder, only 5% of Americans have ever been overseas. In fact, according to a recent survey published in Forbes magazine, a whopping 11% of Americans have never even traveled outside of their home state. This could help explain the differences in attitude and the lack of tolerance many seem to have of the world. On the other hand, what if we stopped limiting ourselves based on country of origin, or even the state in which we were born? What if, instead, we considered ourselves citizens of the world, and traveling to other countries felt as natural as traveling out of state? Now, this is where it gets tricky. Because travel, especially by plane, has the biggest carbon footprint and the most negative impact on the environment of all travel types, except for automobiles coming in at a close second. Ocean cruises aren't the solution. They're known for their environmental impact. NPR reported in 2019 that the cruise line giant Carnival Corporation and its princess subsidiary had agreed to pay a criminal penalty of $20 million for environmental violations, such as dumping plastic waste into the ocean. Princess Cruise Lines had already paid $40 million over other deliberate acts of pollution. Clearly, travel is having a big negative impact on the environment. But does that mean we should stop traveling altogether? Or is there a way for us to mitigate the damage? Is there a way for us to travel responsibly, sustainably, and ethically? Here, I'm going to share 13 ways to be a responsible traveler. Responsible travel gives us an opportunity to ensure 
our wanderlust contributes good to the world. Like the time we visited a school in Cambodia and had the opportunity to sit down with the children and teach them English and make donations of school supplies. Or the time I volunteered at an alternative hospital high up in the mountains of the Philippines, teaching yoga in the community and offering guided meditations to cancer patients. If giving up travel altogether doesn't seem sustainable to you, how can you ensure that your travels leave as little a carbon footprint as possible? How do we bring balance into the travel equation so we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Number one, choose the most efficient mode of transportation possible. When you do travel, consider the most efficient and sustainable way to do so. According to Sustainable Travel International, traveling by ferry, train, or bus is the most efficient way to get around. So let's talk about traveling by train. Planes and cars generate the most CO2 per mile, much more than buses, ferries, and trains. Can you get there by train? Even if it takes a little longer, it's a super relaxing way to get around and you get to enjoy the views from your cabin. I remember getting on a night train in London and waking up in the morning in Edinburgh, Scotland. That was a wonderful way to get from point A to point B. I've even taken the Amtrak train from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale and back to visit family, comfortably reclining with my feet up in a leather chair while getting work done on my computer. It was cheaper, more relaxing and much better for the environment than it would have been for me to drive. Traveling by boat. Next to train travel, ferries are one of the most efficient modes of travel. Need to do some island hopping? When I took my yoga group island hopping in Greece, we took a ferry from Santorini to Mykonos. That was a super fun way to get around. Or consider a river cruise. On my group yoga cruise I hosted on the Danube River, we covered five countries in one week. Not only did we do this from the comfort of a floating luxury hotel, never having to pack and repack to head to our next destination, we didn't waste time driving to an airport, checking in and embarking, disembarking at the other end, collecting our bags, finding transportation at the other end to take us to another hotel for another check-in to another room, where we would have to unpack again. Not only is that a waste of a full day, it has a much bigger negative impact on the environment. I'm a big fan of river cruises because they allow you to cover a lot of ground in an environmentally conscious way. But they're not all created equally. The popular ones that are most known due to their advertising budget aren't necessarily the best ones. So if this is something that you're curious about, contact me. I'm just a little bit obsessed with river cruises and I can definitely help you pick the right one for you. As far as ocean cruises are concerned, some people avoid those altogether. If you are going to cruise, choose an ethical company. Of them all, I've been most impressed with Celebrity Cruise Line's sustainability practices. Take the bus. It takes more effort to figure out bus routes and stops 
than whipping out your cell phone and calling for an Uber. But buses are a much more sustainable way of getting around than cars or motorcycles. If you must fly. When it comes to crossing oceans, your options are limited. So if flying is your only viable option, how can you do it as responsibly and sustainably as possible? Fly economy. Each air passenger's emissions are determined based on the space they take up on the plane. Business class is typically twice the carbon footprint of a person flying economy. Pack light. The heavier your luggage, the more fuel required to transport it, whether that's by plane, bus, car, or train. Bring clothes you can wear multiple times. If you lighten your luggage by 15 pounds, you decrease your emissions by 80 pounds on a 10-hour flight. Multiply that by 200 passengers, and you've just eliminated 16,000 pounds of CO2. Fly direct. One way to reduce your travel carbon footprint is to take nonstop direct flights whenever possible, even if it costs a little more. Planes release the most carbon during takeoff and landing, and nonstop flights require less fuel. Slow it down. Stay longer and really soak in the place you're visiting. Instead of making three separate trips to Europe, for example, to explore three different areas, try to take a month and explore by train. Now, I realize some people are already thinking, how am I supposed to get a month off of work? Unfortunately, that's a sad reality here in the United States. According to Travel Channel's analysis of 11 countries that use the most vacation days, a list the United States did not make, Many countries enjoy 25 to 30 vacation days a year. According to Expedia.com's last annual vacation deprivation study, U.S. workers only took an average of 10 vacation days in 2018. That same study revealed that 25% of Americans said they can't find the time to travel, while three-quarters of the respondents said they'd definitely like to travel more than they do. However, according to Hostel World, the costs of travel was the number one reason Americans stayed home, with 71% saying they couldn't afford to leave the country. Bearing all of this in mind, I'm a strong believer that if we really wrap our minds around a concept, we can make almost anything happen. So that is still all number one. Choose the most efficient mode of transportation possible. Number two, consider carbon offsets. At Sustainable Travel International, you can calculate your travel footprint by plugging in the details of your trip, like your flight distance in miles, and they'll tell you exactly how many pounds of CO2 that trip will emit, as well as the cost to offset that footprint. So for example, my round-trip flight from Orlando to Peru will be just under 2,795 pounds of CO2, costing $15.97 per person to offset. You can do this by making a donation to Sustainable Travel International 
who will invest your credits in certified carbon reduction projects, such as a wind farm that generates clean energy, or planting trees to absorb carbon. Some of these projects go beyond carbon reduction, like protecting forests and helping local communities improve their livelihoods and their health. Number three, be energy conscious. Air conditioning and electricity are responsible for the bulk of energy usage in hotels. Turn off the AC or turn it up as high as you comfortably can. Turn off the lights, the television, and even unplug the refrigerator if you're not using it. Take shorter showers and consider packing clothing that you can rewear, wash by hand, and hang to dry. Number four, be low maintenance. When we stay in hotels, we reuse our towels and our sheets. We usually put the do not disturb sign outside the door and only have them come in once or twice a week. If we need fresh towels sooner, we simply request them, but we do our best and reuse for at least a couple of days. Number five, buy locally. Support the little mom and pop shops, not the big stores owned by foreigners taking advantage of the situation, usually with a large carbon footprint to boot as they import the goods to sell. On the same note, rather than stay in the big five-star luxury hotels, consider exploring some of the smaller ones. If you do your homework, you can tell by the reviews if the place is clean, safe, and comfortable. I'm a big fan of TripAdvisor for feedback from other travelers on what they do and do not like about a travel vendor. Number six, work with ethical companies. Do your homework. Make sure that you are working with companies and engaging in activities that are ethical. I'm convinced that if people knew what happened to those elephants in Thailand, for example, and elsewhere in the world, in order to make them writable, they would never support that practice. They would never again choose to ride an elephant. Number seven, no plastic bottles. Always travel with your own reusable water bottle and refill anytime you're at a restaurant. Avoid plastic bottles at all costs. I bring my own reusable water bottle with me every time I travel. Fill it up at the water fountain after you get through security and you won't have to buy bottled water or take one offered to you by the flight attendant. The same goes for straws. If you really need one, bring a sustainable, reusable straw with you. Number eight, represent your country well. Be an ambassador for your home country. Go out of your way to be nice, pleasant, patient, and respectful. If you were a business owner, how nice would it be if a foreigner or visitor came in and was super friendly? Wouldn't you want to go out of your way to help them? Number nine, try to speak the local language. In countries where you don't speak the language, it goes a long way if you at least try. Learn the basics. Hi, bye, excuse me, please, thank you, and where is the bathroom? If you have any food allergies, learn how to say them in the local language. Again, when you encounter a foreigner in your hometown, 
doesn't it mean a lot to you that they are at least attempting to speak your language? Number 10. Do a little research about local customs. Unfortunately, I learned only after a couple of trips to Bali about their local custom of eating alone in silence. Even when they have big community gatherings and buffets where everyone brings a dish, and you know those are happening because you can see the women walking in single file lines with baskets on their heads, even then, they all place the food out and everyone eats independently at their own time and in their own place, and everyone leaves them alone while they're eating. Don't be surprised in Bali if you walk up to a shop owner who is eating and he barely acknowledges you or gives you an abrupt grunt. It's simply bad form to talk to them when they're eating. That's their own personal, quiet, introspective time. Instead of thinking of pre-trip research as a hassle or a chore, think of it as fun homework preparing you for your trip. Number 11. Volunteer. Voluntourism is a new and growing trend where you volunteer your time, skills, and energy to an organization, issue, or cause to help make a difference in the communities you visit. Like the time one of my yoga groups spent a full day caring for rescued elephants in Thailand. Number 12. Make a new friend. Get a pen pal. With the internet now, it's easier than ever to expand your network of friends and family. I'm still in communication with people I visited in the Philippines over 10 years ago, as well as new friends made in Thailand, Cambodia, Bali, and Greece. This way, you get to keep teaching each other. And if you should ever go back for a visit, it feels wonderful to see familiar faces. Number 13. Opt for group travel experiences. With group travel, you are able to share resources. So instead of 16 people arriving at a destination and renting 16 different cars or getting into 16 different cabs, you can share resources. So for example, when I organize group travel, I arrange for a private van or small bus to pick us up and take us everywhere that we need to go. And by doing so, we are able to share resources and reduce our individual carbon footprint. When I'm planning one of International Yoga Travel's group yoga trips, I'm consciously curating every aspect of that trip while taking all of these factors into consideration. International Yoga Travel is also a member of Sustainable Travel International, meaning that a portion of the proceeds of all of our trips goes to Sustainable Travel International's carefully chosen projects for offsetting our carbon footprint. I love travel. One of the promises I made to myself when I was coming to terms with the fact that I could not have children was that I was going to take complete and full advantage of my freedom. World travel is a big part of that for me. It has also expanded my mind and evolved me more than almost anything else, aside from self-discovery work, yoga, and meditation. For me, giving up travel completely is not an option. 
However, I am committed to being as responsible a traveler as possible and making sure my footprint on the world is a positive one. So let's do a quick review of the 13 ways you can be a more responsible traveler. Number one, choose the most efficient mode of transportation possible. Number two, consider carbon offsets. Number three, be energy conscious. Number four, be low maintenance. Number five, buy locally. Number six, work with ethical companies. Number seven, no plastic bottles. Number eight, represent your country well. Number nine, try to speak the local language. Number 10, do a little research about local customs. Number 11, volunteer. 12, make a new friend. And finally, number 13, opt for group travel experiences. For other ways you can live more sustainably, check out these resources, globalstewards.org and sustainabletravel.org. This episode has been brought to you by International Yoga Travel, where I consciously and carefully curate group yoga travel around the world. Some of my upcoming trips include Peru, Tahiti and Bora Bora, an African safari, and another European river cruise. For more information, visit internationalyogatravel.com and make sure to subscribe to my email list. By doing so, you will unlock special discounts and perks that you won't have access to any other way. I hope this has been helpful. Please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by leaving me a five-star rating. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving.